When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up guys? Welcome to Geekscape episode 214. This is your favorite movies, video games, comic book podcast where we talk about the latest news and reviews in those worlds. I'm always joined by guests uh, who have something to say about either film or TV, movies, comics, whatever. Uh, I'm Jonathan London over here on the left side. Uh, today my guests are director, writer Troy Duffy, who created Boondock Saints, the first two films, right? And uh, Rocco, who you guys remember as the funny guy. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> You're the funny guy. I won't uh, ask you to tell a joke here, but uh, I will ask you to talk about, definitely about uh, the movie, putting things together. And then this Tuesday, probably the day that this podcast goes up, you guys have a brand new uh, DVD from Fox at Home Entertainment. They're uh, re-releasing Boondock Saints with a whole bunch of uh, extras for like a 10-year ten, anniversary. Is that what's going on here? Yeah. You know, what kind of extras are on? It's a Blu-ray, too, I assume. With the, I mean... Yeah, when we just talk about the DVD, but it's going to be on Blu-ray. Blu-ray it's going to be all the whole all thing. All kinds of new, you know, extras, new interviews with everybody. Ten years later, what's happened? Blah blah blah. Is that a pain in the ass putting together like a giant DVD, or is it more of like a, an honor, a pleasure type of thing? It's better than just like mowing your lawn. <laughs> right, <laughs> but you talk like, to hey, somebody. Come down and do some new interviews for your movie ten years ago. Oh, sweet, I'm, I'm happy people are still watching after ten mm-hmm. years. And because uh, you, you hear somebody like Spielberg, and Spielberg says he doesn't want to do commentaries. He doesn't want to distract things, distract the viewer from watching the film. You know, he wants the film to speak for itself. What's your view on, on something like that, especially like revisiting a film that you? Well, Spielberg's got the uh, he's got the clout to do pretty much whatever he wants. Right. Guys like me have no fucking choice. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, if the kids like it. They get it from me. That's as far as I'm concerned. I just ask myself the one question: Will Boondock fans want this or like it? Mm-hmm. And I'll do it ten times out of ten, no matter what it is. In the but book- if I think that they're not going to like it, we've said no to lots of stupid shit in the past. What's the stupidest shit? Just doing like pageantry, judging certain contests and stuff like that. Hey, would the Boondock guys want to come over and help us promote this so that we could get your audience? You know. It is totally inappropriate shit. Like, totally what's the most inappropriate shit, shit that well, could possibly? Well, I'd have to name names, and I couldn't do that. <laughs> you're on your, you're on your show. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll of, soften him up. He'll name names later. It's there's fun. plenty of people. I mean, they, but, they they see Boondock as a you know a a, a, a fan base that's fucking galvanized, mm-hmm. and very volatile, and there's lots of people that say, okay, 18 to whatever, 35 year old males. Yeah, we want them, but we don't have the in. Yeah, you're the so, in. Yeah, come and help us promote our fucking um, new shampoo for guys. Guys that don't give a shit. Happened. I'm giving okay. You an example. Uh, okay. Like stuff like that doesn't. That. that hasn't necessarily happened. But if you notice, Rocco's hair is looking phenomenal right now. Fucking beautiful. <laughs> beautiful hair. So, so ten years. Yeah, I mean you're right. Not a lot of movies have that kind of lifespan. You know, ten years later to get a, a DVD release. What Shut you, up. <laughs> 
<laughs> what do you Shut think? up and stop yeah, talking. Don't, don't be motor mouth. No one's asking me a question. No, I'll ask you questions. I'll ask you questions. Next question's mind. for you. I don't mind if you do or don't. No, you're talking. <laughs> I am. All right. You're funny guy. Now, while prepared. they're talking, I'm going to keep talking, and then they're really going to tell me to shut up. <laughs> the second film, right? Yes. Did the second film get the same reaction the first film did, Troy? Like, was, was it the same thing, or were people mainly loyal to the first film, or is it the same audience, or did it grow the audience? What did the second film do for you? Same audience grew the audience, but it was one of those things where, I mean, we never really... Uh, by the time we did Boondock 2, which mm -hmm. was 10 years later, I don't even know, I can't name it right. off the top of my head, a film that did its sequel 10 years after the fact. You know, yeah. After the first, that's one. a question for you, Geekscape, is to go and answer. Like yeah, they, they, they will, they would know. They, Tron, they would, I'll bet you like three like dudes fucking, out there are like, you know, fucking nice Tron and <laughs> whatever. There um, are kids. So there was like a huge expanse of time mm -hmm. between there, and all, every day of that time, Boondock fans were falling in love with the the first film. So we never really expected. To have you know longer legs and bigger tits and walk in the room and make a guy walk away from his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. uh, however, they showed up in droves, uh, have accepted it into their hearts, and we did a good job on the fucking sequel, according to the fan base's you know uh, sp expenditure of money. That mm -hmm. uh, did very well. So, but Boondock One remains the granddaddy. You can't. You can't you can't really challenge that type of authority because it was that movie nobody knew about it there was no promotion mm -hmm. nobody saw it on you know billboards or, or or previews on TV they all found it on their own and when my experience as just a film you know goer was when I ever I found a movie on my own that I never saw in theaters and stuff it became mine my mm -hmm. movie. My yeah, you'll personal, fight for it. Like, for instance, Highlander right. was one of those for me way back in the day. I, I, I wasn't aware that it was theatrically released or not. I don't even know. I saw it on videotape way back when I was a teenager, and I was like, that is shit. You know, mm -hmm. I always felt, had a kinship to the movie. And then they did 12 yeah, sequels. sequels. That actually might be one of the ones where a sequel was done 10 years. I remember, like, the sequel on that was a while after the first one, right? Um, the first sequel, not... The first sequel was like three years, four years later. Christian uh, La Christopher Lambert was yeah, in that one Sean, too. Sean, they brought back Sean Connery and they made them aliens and it was fucking what? Yeah, it was really dumb. You yeah, know, I, I I think that when you're talking about one and two, I notice that when I've I've gone out to these fan things or I've gone out to do some signings and I notice that right when around when two came out, it seemed that it was almost like Boondock One in the way. It took a little time. There were some of those fans that said, oh, it can't be as good as the first. And I liked that so much. And and I wasn't getting a lot from two. But little by little, with each, like, six-month period that went by, people were asking me, you know, they mostly say, uh, say, is it dead? Or certain lines mm -hmm. from one. Then a lot were, were asking me lines about two. And more and more I was hearing where they felt that two was a very strong movie. I think it's like, you know, we use a Godfather 1 and 2, not to compare it to that, but... We can compare it to that. Good, Troy, are you okay with that comparison? We, we, had, <laughs> we had two good sequels, but you can't get away from Brando or The Horse Head right. or, or, all those, or Sonny getting shot, even though 2, the 
was probably as good as one. There's just something about one. But I find that the fan reaction is getting much stronger to two. It's one of those oh. things, man. It's a cult. It's a cult film. They need to make know, it. They're can't. making it their own. You know what I mean? They have to spend some time sitting yeah. there. Yeah, it's almost like it's taking time. And there was like this whole like bunch. There was a bunch of fans that uh, f- before we made the sequel that were protesting. What? They were like the, a sequel should not like be you had made. sold it's out or some shit. Cinema. Right. No, like all the the majority, vast majority of fans. These were weren't. For yeah, the yeah. Sequel, these were fans. Well, fans <laughs> wanted it. Was, like these hardcores yeah. that were like, no, you can't do it. It's the hardcore fans. These are fans. Memory. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, <laughs> these are the same people that go into the mall to go to Hot Topic to get the Boondock Saints. Yeah. Shirts and shit. Could be. Could be. But they, I, they, they, they've got the tattoos. What's the craziest fucking tattoo you've seen of oh, Boondock man. Saints? Because I know you've seen some I shit. Got a, I got a real funny one. Uh, I've seen some extremely crazy ones on privates. On the privates, stuff. nothing on the privates, but very close to okay, the okay. bikini lines are nice. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, the craziest one I ever saw. Me and Flannery were doing, um, we're doing uh, Comic Con New York one year. We're just signing stuff. We weren't like there was no movie stuff going on. We were just mm-hmm. there like, hey, we're Boondog guys and sign a bunch of autographs. But the fans will come. Yeah, so they they showed up and um, we're signing, going through this line. Up comes this kid, goes. Hey man, I got the, the entire prayer. Um, oh shit! Uh, tattooed on my back, right? And we had seen that plenty of times. I mean, like, people get murals. It's freaking crazy. We got them on a website. Any rock um, tattoos? Yes, it was visage. Fact, yes. Uh, this thing right here on, yeah. <laughs> on somebody. So the kid goes, "I got the entire thing on my back." And Flannery's like, "All right, show it to us." And he gets his camera ready because the kid takes pictures of everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the guy's about ready to raise up his shirt, and he goes, "Well, it's in, it, it's written in Klingon." Uh-huh. What? <laughs> Dude, and there was like some, it was like some kind of cross the streams, crazy double geek, fucking geek shit. And he, uh, sure enough, he raises up his shirt, and it looked like some language yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen before. But he had the prayer written all out in fucking Klingon. Could he say it in Klingon? Oh fuck! I'm sure he could if he had it written <laughs> yeah. out. I didn't really ask him. You know, but that was probably the craziest tattoo thing I've ever seen. Now, I haven't seen, I have not seen the second one. Is, uh, but, I, but I've seen the first one several times. Rock appear in the second one? Does he do like a Chow yeah, Fat yeah. twin thing? You just do like a dream sequence type okay. deal where he comes back and talks to the bird. Oh, okay. oh like Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like Michael B. See, okay. <laughs> see, what I think for the third one, you can, in, we should do a third one. Like, tell the fans to get over their shit right now. The third one, do like the Cheyenne fat, you, you kill my brother, like the whole rice thing from uh, Better Tomorrow 2. You yeah. can probably do a little of that. And then you have Rock running around with a samurai sword. The second I say Rock with a samurai sword, I think like all the Boondock Saint fans just, just go funny. nuts. That's just funny. You know? That's what they want to fucking you know, see. That's another thing. The one question. You have to hold the mic up to your mouth. One question please. that I am asked. <laughs> um, the one question I am asked most of all is. Whenever I see fans, is when is three gonna happen? Yeah, I get that one too. And I mean a lot. When is three gonna happen? When is three? Well, well, I feel like yelling at them, like, God damn it! You grew up, you've moved out. I want to raise. I I want to retire and do something else. No. (laughs) Because you you got got other stories in you. I got the kids to college. Let me live my life now. Uh, No, I just think that uh, I want to like do a couple of get a couple of films under my belt that are not Boondock Saints. Uh, before I address a three, uh, just to, you know, I don't know any filmmaker that's done a one, two, and a three right off the bat and nothing else. Another question uh, another for you. Another question for the geeks. You probably know guys like that. Not yeah. counting porn. Yeah, not counting porn. 
director who does three sequential like sequels. Yeah, I would think that for for a storyteller, that'd be a little bit, you know, short. Yeah, I mean, it's a pain in the ass. But we've actually got a we, there. There's an idea that's been we've been approached to do a, a television show on Boondock Saints. Sure, why not? Well, that could be the three. It know? would have to be like an AMC or like something like I this. Can see that on FX. Show some shit. Channel. FX. Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> Boondock Saints. Put, nice. What about ABC Family? Something oh, like that. ABC you know, Family? USA, USA Television. What do you think of that? <laughs> Just like a family night type thing. How about Harry Potter? <laughs> yeah, you could do like a Harry... I could see... I could no, see no, you no, 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 no. The thing about uh, um, the, the one director doing four things in a row. Oh, that was Chris Columbus, though. Um, oh, so he, he, he didn't did start his career with Harry yeah. Potter. He started with, you know, okay. Malone and... Sorry, from writing Goonies, that, yeah. which which I won't use to, as a segue into the review of uh, of Triple Eight or whatever it is, Super Eight, whatever it is, Super Eight. Uh, I, I still want to talk to Troy about like that ten year span that happened between Boondock One and Boondock Two. We'll was talk it, about yeah, that it, right it, after I take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so listen, this is the question I got for you, Troy. Um, the distance, uh, the, the the jump in time between number one and two mm-hmm. in your career, yeah. right? Was there any fear of making a second one? Any fear of like, oh shit, if I do the second one, I'll never get out from under this? Or how the fuck do I top the second, the first one? What kept you from doing it right away? You, you yeah, just didn't all have the stuff that it. stopped us from doing it had nothing to do with wanting to. We, we always wanted to. I was involved in a lawsuit against the company that made the first one okay. and a bunch of other companies and individuals that um, uh, distributed it. That lawsuit took five and a half years, you know, oh, and that was a real, you know, soul sucker, and you had to pour all your money into it, and then, so that took a long time. The day we uh, settled that case, um, uh, one day later, we had the deal to make the sequel. Yeah, but it had to be cleared up that entire time. I mean, people were hungry yeah. for it. Yeah, and you can't make a sequel like because when, when you're in a lawsuit with somebody, right, it's about rights and continuity and stuff like that. It's so up in the air. You couldn't have made. Nobody could make the sequel legally at that time because there was still a question as mm-hmm. to where the rights were. So that's the major portion of that explanation, you know. And the other couple of years, Boondock built up its steam, but it did it because it was off the radar of the industry and big with the fans. A lot of people didn't know in in the business I work in, this little tiny community mm-hmm. called Hollywood, they didn't know what it was, what had happened there. They were just mm-hmm. like, oh, that movie. How do we bottle it? You know, then they want to bottle it, like in the shampoo oh, yeah. well, thing. Now that, right. now that they've kind of, you know, for the most part figured it out, right. they're like, wow, yeah, let's do more of this. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, at the time, it was just that little movie that... You know, Harvey Weinstein found that guy at a bar and, and was just straight to video, piece of shit. You know, right. they, they just didn't know what happened. Well, except you had for the video store guys on your side. The video store guys, the blockbuster guys, the video <laughs> store guys, and the guys in studio in one particular studio, Fox, mm-hmm. who was uh, distributing the DVD. They were the first person to pe- people to talk to us about a sequel because they were like, it's "Why like does this yeah. movie keep?" Every single year, keep making more and more and more money. You don't it always goes right the opposite way, you know. You don't think the secret's right here on the couch between it? You don't think this is it right here? <laughs> A little bit of Rocco going on. Uh, Rocco, uh, how involved did you, did you want to get into acting? I mean, when when Troy, how did you guys meet each other? Like, how, like what was the 
process of putting we in were, uh, a microphone, please, sir. <laughs> we were working on a bar together. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. In Boston? No, in Los Angeles. Okay. But you guys were both from the Northeast, so yeah. you guys found like a kinmanship there. And you were writing the script at the time, and you are like, fuck, I'll, I'll put rock in it. Pretty much. I was the I was a bouncer bartender. He was the manager. Mm-hmm. I was writing the script, and I just took his personality because I liked it and and exaggerated it. You know. <laughs> so that's that's a lot of you in the film. Mm-hmm. And was there any trepidation with like doing the film at first and saying, you know what, this isn't what I do. Like I'm managing. Yeah, there was bar. trepidation. He didn't think I was no, going to pull it off. The door guy's making a script. He was like, yeah, thanks for putting me in your movie, jerk off. See, and oh, then, yeah, then, then I get it off. Notice who's asked the question. Notice who's asked the question, the question now, everybody, <laughs> and who is talking, <laughs> and who tells me to shut up when I don't talk. Your now guys. I am going to talk now. Yes, sir. I had I said when I first met Troy, he's writing this script on a piece of paper, and <laughs> he says, "You know, you're going to be in a movie." I go, "Yeah, all right. Let's change the beer now. We got to do it. I want to go home." <laughs> I had no idea he'd sell it, and I was uh, <laughs> I was uh, uh, picking I was picking up a I wanted to uh, uh, buy a newspaper, and I was in the valley. And I, I go and I buy this newspaper, it is USA Today, and I see Troy's picture in the corner. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck <laughs> you, huh? <laughs> I wish I would have got that shit on videotape, but, but Rocco. Even, yeah, yeah, you and your little script, Duffy. Here, let me get a USA. What hey, now wait fuck? a minute now. It's not like I berated the kid every day, and all, but he's writing a script, and I, hey, how many people have you seen writing scripts and all? Right. How many have? And you do and, see your friends in Variety, and their movies end up either never getting made or they come out and they, they disappear. No, nah, we you know weren't I mean? on your level, bro. Back then, we, we didn't have any friends that were in Variety. Really? Really? If we did, we would have thought, like, you know, we're, we're going to be on Entertainment Tonight being re- interviewed about right. our friend in Variety. You we thought that he would never on. leave the but door to his, his defense, my own parents didn't think it was real until they really? started seeing press. They were, oh, my God. Like, I thought I was crazy out here the whole you time. Got more press than the than film, a maybe. traditional script sell, though. Yeah. Like, because the story or what? What do you think? Yeah, the story was. I mean, it was real. Actually, I was just a you know, I was a bartender, and you know, Harvey Weinstein uh, read the script and wanted to move on it, and that was that year where where uh, Miramax swept the Oscars. Yeah, 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 they had money to spend. Yeah, and he came down to the bar one night to talk to me. I was working, I think, and uh, he brought a bunch of guys in. Rolled up in a limo. Like the Russians. He, yeah, pretty much. He rolled up in a limo and he was like, uh, what are you going to do with the money? And I was like, I'm thinking of buying this place. And he's like, I'll buy it with you and we'll we'll split it 50-50. So that became the story. You know, Miramax mm. buys this unheard of dude a bar because of his script. It's a great publicity move, you know. Well, I guess it you know, did really well with publicity. We, we You know, a lot of ink on that. Uh, we didn't end up making a m- movie with Miramax at the end of the day, right. but you know that was cool. I've always uh, been curious if you if you've been tracking this whole Kevin Smith thing, like like with him taking Red State across the country and like, four walling like, it. Is that that thing where thing? he's like charging people sixty bucks to show up and yeah, paying for his own? to a hundred bucks to uh, Right off the bat, that's all I know about it. I completely approve. <laughs> really, if people are really willing to do it. Really smart yeah. thing to do to be able to pay for your own P and A and recoup your movie before it ever hits theaters. Mm-hmm. I haven't tracked it. I just heard from different pe- people are talking about it in the industry. 
So uh, totally approved. And on top of that, you know, guy wants to spend sixty bucks to go watch his movie and watch him talk and stuff or whatever he's doing. Then if he can get it, great. Right. You know, especially if it's a good movie. But then that that's where you're. If it's a if it's only like a mediocre yeah the pressure's on to make like, it great you know, yeah. if I spent sixty bucks and came out of the theater like yeah but if you spend off. sixty bucks even if it's good you're fucked no yeah. if it's good that's the thing he's doing it, his it Q&A better be stuff. freaking good it yeah he's doing like good. a personal appearance too like he's talking he's doing all the stuff they would pay for anyway going to see him speak at a college see now we're know? getting into capitalism yeah. let's see it for six not sixty we don't have the money right. so which system is better now we're fucked. I just said something very deep. What about that, that, that was awesome. Everybody feel yeah. that? What right. about that? Uh, my thing is, uh, he's got huge balls for doing that. Right. I mean, that takes some jumbo coconuts, and that guy's always had them. I, I like him a lot. But you've got a Never built-in met fan base. You've got a built-in fan base. You can possibly monetize them for personal like creation and your own personal distribution and things like that. And I totally intend to. I'm going to exploit <laughs> the shit out of my fan base. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rock, Rocco, you could go on like a comedy tour a or cologne. something like that. I have a cologne. cologne. I'm pushing it. I like Troy just cuts the shit. I'm going to exploit the people that like me. That's Please understand <laughs> what this is all about, folks. The DVD hits this week... From Fox Home Video. <laughs> no, no, I, no I, uh, I think Troy made a corporate very valid monster, point. and Rocco did too. Like, it, no, it's a fluctuating market. Well, no, I think Troy nails it. It's like, why are these people? Oh, great, I have a fan base. How can I take advantage of it instead of right. appreciating it? Mm-hmm. I, it's a very valid point. But, uh, but at least that's the way I. Yeah, but, yeah, but those two things are completely incestuous. You right. Know, like, if you like, have a fan base and completely ignore it, you're not going to have a fan base. <laughs> right. You got to create for, for too long. You, you have to continue so. to seed them and talk to them and be with them right. and all that stuff. And unfortunately, that entails exploitation. You know, if I'm going to show up for a boondock party with these guys, I got to rent a spot. I got to get a bunch of guys. I'm paying to film the thing. It costs money. Boxes. So now I got to turn around and charge my fans money. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just so happens we had this huge party and the fans didn't have to pay anything because <laughs> right. we just took it all out of our pockets like morons actually now that i think about it, i really have to get more experience and explain <laughs> yeah. you know, fan, no, we went the dvd fucking par- party cost us like 40 we, grand <laughs> we would go we Stupid were on this shits. tour and I, I would hear somebody say don't charge them just let them in i go okay right i wouldn't have done that i was getting paid i don't give a fuck you know, you gotta. But you're thinking about you that bottom pay. line, and if, and if you guys aren't profitable, how long do you guys keep this thing going? You know what I mean? Like that's what you're thinking of. Yeah, right? but I mean, I, I think about it in two ways. Number one, for 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 itself, for Boondock, and number two, for moving on in my career and doing other movies. And it's pretty obvious that that fan base is gonna come with me, hopefully, mm-hmm. or at least give me another shot. You know, if right. if, it, if it says from the writer director of Boondock Saints. Boondock fans are going to show up to see my next thing, whatever it is. If it's When Harry Met Sally 2, they're going to show up because of me. And I had better, you know, have my game on when that happens. I think when you do make uh, something that's not Boondock, there's going to be a huge curiosity factor as well. Mm. A lot of people. You scared about that? that. You you have a little romantic comedy in you? I know you do. I'm looking at you now. I'm more anxious about it. I want to make a movie that makes people cry. What about a musical or something like that? Maybe like a a family a family thing? Um, no, no. Think about that. I mean, Mm. Rocco can do this. What do you think? I would never do anything offensive to my fan base. I, I might do like a romantic comedy. Right, I can't, right. You can't tell. You, you can't see what's gonna uh, inspire you. Right. Of course. You may read a script one day where you're like, "Oh my God, that's beautiful. I have to do it." Yeah. Even though it, you know, isn't really something I'd do. 
This next one just happens to be, you know, hit my fan base right where they live in the middle. It's a serial killer thriller called The Blood Spoon Council that I wrote. Um, and it's about a vigilante group that goes uh, and captures serial killers and executes them and delivers them to the doorstep of the FBI. Basically does their job. For right. Them. So there's a, there's a bit of crossover in terms of the vigilantism The thing, themes, right. The theme. However, that's where the comparisons end because it's a totally different type of movie. So what I've done is sort of a half step, you know. Mm-hmm. I've taken a movie that has an overall theme that's very similar to Boondock with completely new characters and new situations so that my fan base can kind of be eased into the eventual Harry Met Sally. And, and does that have more of a horror element to it? Does it have more of a like a psychological, psychological element to it? Psychological thriller. Personal? You know what? I mean, personal guys, by, by like, like identifying with one protagonist, not like a team of individuals or something like that. It's like having one person pushing the, the narrative. There are basically two... It, within the story, there are two profilers, a younger mm-hmm. one and an old one, that basically go head-to-head. Mm-hmm. The, the lead profiler of the counts, the vigilante group and the lead pro- profiler that the FBI brings in to catch them. Mm-hmm. So those two characters, yeah, could be a little, could be considered a little more personal. You maybe uh, Rock can play as well. What do you think? No. Is there a role for Rock? No. In the, okay. All right. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, I'm man. I'm gonna say keep it right now. now. I mean, See, the do thing you want to keep acting? No, rock? just just keep embarrassing me. I feel real no, good about this. No, 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 no. Is that something you want to keep doing, uh, Rock? Do you want to be? Next uh, question, please. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about it is, like every every actor that I've worked with in Boondock One and Two, we all are friends and stuff. We right. want to work together again. Like if if I could make Billy, if I could put Billy Connolly in every fucking movie I ever do, and probably this guy, yeah, and pull it off, I'd love it. But ultimately, that if I'm gonna break off and go do something, I can't. I can't really keep using the same guys as much as I want to because fans are just going to, you know, it takes you out of the movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's Rocco. Yeah, because he's right. That. Yeah, I don't want right. that in, a, in, a, in another movie because it becomes, it's strange, you know. It becomes about you instead of about yeah. the narrative. What about possibly him as like a villain or a psychological... How about a serial killer? Serial killer. He's halfway there. This is Brian Walton right over here off camera. Let's wave to, the, wave to the audience. There you go. A little thumb shark creeping across. <laughs> the, uh, but maybe him is like somebody who likes to eat people or like, you know, like follows people home and then hits Perhaps. them over the head. Like, think about him. Right? When I see the face of evil, I see it every week here at Geekscape. Well, Brian well, Walton. No, the more I look at you, you are one fucked up individual. Yeah. He's a pretty, he's a sexy pet, sack of pancakes, I think. I'm to see the casting now. Uh, Troy, um, in, in... Oh my God, put your pants back on, dude. Why are you dancing? What's the matter with this guy? Come on, man. That's my wife's here. He's going to start doing this. He's going to do the nut tuck. Like in fucking Silence of the Lambs. I'd fuck me. I'd fuck, I, I fuck could, me I'd so fuck hard. Me. I should have known that getting Jonathan and Troy Duffy together was a bad idea. He, he, he knows what I'm like. From your show, he knows. And we got known. Rocco stuck between us. And Rocco's like, why am I here? Put the lotion in the basket. Does this when it's told. I'd fuck me. Rubs the lotion on its body. It does this when it's told. Troy. The lotion in the fucking basket. <laughs> Trump, we, 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 got, we got to talk about that. that who, Wait, is she a great big fat girl? She a great big fat girl. Speaking of, what's yeah. it like to create a gay icon? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you made the Green Goblin Starting gay. Starting to fucking drool. <laughs> you made the Green Goblin gay. So Why did you? 
Toy, why did you make the why did you make the Green Goblin gay? <laughs> this is Geekscape. We should, we should it was, ask it was every my question. way to lash out against all this Marvel yeah. comic fucking superhero movies. It's like, can we get another stupid superhero movie? Uh, you know, again, we love the superhero movies. Like, it was a comic it, book in 1923. Let's turn it into a freaking major movie today because nobody can think of shit to write on their own anymore. They're fucking pulling Thor out of the goddamn closet, mm-hmm. knocking the dust off that out old of the, chestnut. Yeah, good good choice of word probably, there. That's probably <laughs> he Freudian. hits you with a hammer. He's got a big hammer. <laughs> Troy, what about this 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 documentary uh, overnight? This I know you get, you get asked muscles. about overnight a, a lot. What the fuck was that? Like like who did that? That was was that character awesome. assassination or that was that? Awesome. what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> what do you what did you think of that film? That Seriously, Seriously. <laughs> I I never understood it because I saw it and, and immediately I, you know you me and you, like I you. really you know enjoyed I mean? the film. I really enjoyed the film. <laughs> That's the political answer. <laughs> Because you know, you, you, people, what I liked about it the most, like, you. it was real. It was so <laughs> real, you know? I really felt it, especially from the lead character, this Troy Duffy guy. Who crazy him? asshole. He was, he, was a, he was a good guy. I hope he dies. You know, it was funny, too, because right when that came out, there was this article in the LA Times, and I think the byline was, the biggest asshole in the film business. <laughs> a huge picture of me. You have it framed, right? Yeah, I do have it at the house. I didn't frame it yet. You gotta but frame I should. that shit. I should. Oh, we gotta get you a picture like that. You're gonna earn biggest asshole before I earn. Biggest <laughs> you think so? Asshole. You think yes. so? I'm okay. I'm okay. You with have that. two suicides under your belt. No, you know well, what? I'm, know. I, no, on Geekscape, technically, I think we have one rumored. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm working on a second. Right. Hey, kids. Have you seen the sun this week? Yeah, you dream of far-off worlds, but you won't even leave your basement. What fucking gives? Kill yourself. No, I'm kidding. I won't do that to my life. <laughs> kill yourself. Put on a Tracy Chapman song. And kill yourself. Go into your mother. <laughs> you get a fast car. I got a way to take us out. Kill yourself. Kill yourself. Kill yourself. <laughs> All right, guys. Some uplifting shit right there. Huh? <laughs> Let's um, straight from the biggest asshole in the film business. How are you today? As fr- you've got the picture basement dwelling <laughs> fucking no pussy getting geeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Uh, what is that? That uh, William Shatner, or whatever, on SNL when he does the evil Kirk, or he goes up there and he just tells the geeks like what he thinks. He's like, "You fucking losers!" <laughs> and they're, they're all like ready to cry. And he goes, and the the, the organizer's like, "You can't fucking do that. You know, hey, we're pay- we're not gonna pay you." And he goes. That was obviously the evil Kirk from episode. <laughs> 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 yeah, but that that movie seemed to paint you know. I mean, there's no. Oh, did it? That did it seem to, <laughs> no, no, it seemed to paint me in a bad light. Well, no, I That's amazing that you picked up on that. I compared to King of Kong. It was like, subtle. <laughs> it was subtle filmmaking. No, I did not. That see was King the one Kong. about the the Donkey Kong score, like. A contest about kids, uh, two guys trying to yeah. do, and one of the guys they uh, really paint a fucking horrible life. Gone way beyond my geek level. Oh, you got to right see there. the. It's actually a great documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. But, but what, it's a documentary but about a video game, which exactly. clearly puts it in the geek category. <laughs> you guys, but love what it. they do, what they've done, and what that filmmaker was kind of accused of doing was very much in editing, making it told this guy, making a bad like, guy and a good guy, making for a sure. bad guy and a good guy, and, and, instead and of being objective. And, and you know, honestly, they, they you know. 
you seem really nice and awesome. I don't, I don't. Uh, but I, also, I haven't checked you going in and peeing over my bathroom. <laughs> yeah, no, totally all over the seat, bro. Good, good luck with that one. It was like he wiped your little present in there. He wiped it down. Oh, uh, yeah. It was, it was obviously. What do you hang out you with know, this guy? But what the hell am I gonna say? It's, it's, it was, it was a completely inaccurate, agenda-driven portrayal by two opportunistic asshole ex buddies of mine. That's what you know? you're gonna say. That, that's, that's what you're gonna say. That's what everybody would say in right. a situation. So you got the one extreme where these two filmmakers are saying, "It's the truth," and all we do is follow the story. And here's me going, uh, "They're just, a, you know, it's completely the opposite." So who are you gonna fucking believe? There's no real way to. The more I think about it, there's no real way to divine it. I mean, they have all those th- that footage, which ultimately would prove what I'm saying, you know. Um, but ultimately, you have to ask yourself this question: Is it possible to come to Hollywood? As a uh, you know, no name, just move. Not my dad wasn't some famous dude. Right. I didn't know anybody in the business. Even at, is it possible for somebody to come here and make a film with real actors in it, uh, just by acting like an asshole? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's the question you have to ask yourself after that movie. Like, is it possible that, right. that this guy was given six million dollars to make a film, and Willem Dafoe and Billy Connolly can't? Like everybody jumped on and did this when he's right. just completely an asshole. And why would they why? do a sequel? Right. Opinion, yeah. you know. Everybody was in the sequel. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the one thing I uh, always was like, if he's that big of a dick, why did they all come back from <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And you added some amazing actors. I mean, Julie Benz and... Um, Cliff. 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 And Cliff and Collins Jr. is yeah. phenomenal. You guys Peter know him Fonda. from Star Trek. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Kevin Collins Jr. really is one of my top ten actors in Hollywood. As a, as a character actor, he's phenomenal. He was in that movie with Amy Adams where he, he played a one-armed guy. Like, this movie, yeah, I mean, amazing. he's phenomenal. And Julie Benz, well, she's Dexter's girlfriend. I mean, you got to love her. And the legend himself, <laughs> Peter Fonda. Let's not forget that. Fucking Easy Rider, baby. You guys wouldn't know about that. Maybe you should look up Easy Rider. <laughs> Bring it down to the basement. Your mom. Ask your mom about that one. She'd know about that. <laughs> but you know what? Talking about something like Easy Rider, talking about like a late 60s uh, movement, you guys, honestly, coming out and making a movie by yourself, what do you think about some of the people who also got a little bit of help and also from Boston? Somebody like a Ben Affleck. Do you like the Ben Affleck movies like Fucking, Gone Baby Gone? Uh, and, uh, I liked and Gone, Gone Baby, Baby Gone, Gone but I loved the town. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. loved it, man. Then you could say like Killed Hollywood it. got his back. Killed what, what about Blake it? Lively? Yeah. Like I had never, I, I had never watched. I didn't know who she was. I had never watched Gossip Girl. No, get out of here. She freaking killed it man mm-hmm. I, I was just so impressed with her I was like who is this chick and then I went and looked her up and found out that she was already on TV and stuff I'm showing everyone but everybody was awesome at it. the acting and the, the action what sequences one? did you see the town the Boston movie dude really you, you know what you're like a movie junkie you would love oh, that you movie. have not seen the town is beyond me it's fucking awesome most, most people see Ben Affleck and they get a bar right. They run to his movies. Uh, he's not my top ten. I don't think that's true. true. I think he's not my top ten. He's probably yeah. the most derided actor, writer, yeah. director. But I think in the he's business. good. Yeah, and that's the thing. He's awesome. In Jersey Girl, probably the movie that people drew, like at the apex of his fucking derision. Jersey Girl was one of his best performances. Mm-hmm. You know, it just so happened it came at like the bottom of the fucking mudslide of everybody shitting yeah. on him. But that yeah. I, I thought that was an amazing performance. I think, I think it wasn't Jiggly. Yeah. Jiggly. I didn't see Jiggly, but that's like what Martin Brest's film. 
Oh man, I don't know. I got about a quarter of the way through there. I couldn't. I didn't uh, see I couldn't it. continue. So I haven't. You know, I haven't given the film a chance because I haven't <laughs> watched the entire. Walkins in it was may help. You know, Walkin was in it. Wow, I was in this film. Amazing <laughs> performance. Bang! Does your mother sew? <laughs> Another good walk. Yeah. But rega- <laughs> ir- irregardless, Ben Affleck is killing it now. After the town, I will go watch everything that motherfucker does. Put this town period. in my rear view. This whole town in my rear view. What were you guys? Uh, what were you, what was your influences like getting into film? Because I mean, I, I I threw a joke out there about like John Woo and putting him in as like a better tomorrow, better to, better tomorrow kind of like samurai swinging kind of sequel. Mm. Would you were you into the John Woo movies, the Peckinpah movies, the Walter Hill movies? No, I was influenced mainly by Liberace. <laughs> but I mean, you, you even have like you even have like re- like I'm references. Wearing verses, I listen to Liberace. Uh, but you've got reference, like a fighter pilot. You've got reference to Charles Bronson, like Walter Hill movies in your film and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, like yeah. you love that. I shit. guess so. I mean, I, th- those times I, I was so kind of fresh in the like I didn't go to film school and everything. Of course. So any influences I had were just kind of inner. Like all those movies, like The Highlander and or yeah, Highlander yeah, yeah. And, and and those Good movies shit. that I loved growing up, you know, the the sort of badass films, but I couldn't really name, I, I, when I got into the business, made more than four or five directors, and then even then, just the big ones, Spielberg mm-hmm. and Coppola and stuff, so any influences I had were more inner, John Woo I liked a lot, mm-hmm. but I, I kind of developed a, more of a liking for him, like during the process, uh, you know, and the slow motion work that he did. Yeah, that, uh, that, uh, but as for like, you know, dangling cop- shootout scene. Mm. Who's that, who's that? You yeah, fucking <laughs> That's what, listen to this guy. Spielberg sitting there going, "Be like, I heard you're That's not right. a serial killer." Shut it off. Just uh, we're gonna use something. I can't uh, shut it off while it's ringing. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. What, I, you, I'm getting paid. I give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should be kissing my ass. <laughs> well, you guys know. Right before we started taping. Rocco saw some of the basketball stuff in my room, and we just started, we had like a twenty minute conversation just about Celtics basketball, which you is phenomenal. Show you how to Let's shut see. that goddamn phone. There you go. There you go. You're so happy with this stupid there you go. phone. He's <laughs> got the Fender phone. You got this crazy like, phone. Look at my, my, my Fender yes. phone. Hey, like, how long are we going to be doing this for? Is it almost over? <laughs> this is getting to be painful. He is miserable. Let's make, let's make this last what, for as long as possible. 20 more minutes? Did they not tell you it was an hour podcast? No, 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 no. he's no, got to no, go no, take no, a piss. No. Rock, I have to, I, can I have a smoke? Can you smoke in here? Can you smoke? Why not? No, no, go step out on the patio. We got a patio Are you going to die of cancer? Do you have a patio? We got a patio. No, no, we got a patio out there. Okay. Go hang out. Go hang out. Troy and I'll, Troy and I'll keep rocking. I'll take my yeah, here you go. Here you go. I fucking love this rock. <laughs> you bitches are in trouble. I got a mic now. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I shouldn't oh, no. have had you get that The mic. fucking gimp got shit. a mic no, no, behind no. the camera. We're screwed. That's fucking hilarious. He's like, oh, get me the fuck out of these two fucking nerds. <laughs> Troy, I ask you about the references real quick. I want to tell you guys about Super 8. That's the J.J. Abrams movie that came out this week. Uh, the movie's good. I wanted the movie to really be great, but it felt a little too beholden to its own influences. There's a full review up that on is such a gay does thing to say. No, it does. It felt a little too beholden <laughs> to its own true? influences. Oh come on! I can't fucking use English Plot now. Point oh. one, I oh. felt was lacking hey guys, in a varietal Troy, sense. Hey guys, this is Troy Duffy. I'm cool because I'm fucking street and I don't read a Douche. fucking book. And uh, hey guys, overnight, it's a fucking bullshit movie. But this I can't is the greatest if I take, episode if I talk, ever. If I talk fucking street, uh, you guys will respect me more, and uh, you can hang out with all your juggalo friends and fucking watch my movies. <laughs> Punch and I Troy. felt that the only saving grace for Super 8 Jogalon was the color Duffy. palette. 
that J.J. Abrams chose. <laughs> all I'm saying, all I'm saying, Nutsack, is that wonderful lighting. <laughs> Guys, go to Geekscape if you want the review. Molly was lacking in the third act because they didn't respect the narrative. The narrative. The narrative. <laughs> I didn't say. I didn't say the fucking denouement. It's a tour de force p- performance the, by the key, all the, the thing, people you don't. Let, let, let me get into my review of Boondock Saints. You see, uh, a really Christ-like figure. Um, get the fuck out of here with this shit. This is this my is, review of Boondock Saints. Great fucking yeah, movie. Exactly. Oh. oh. <laughs> this is, Andrew Dice Clay reviewed your movie. This is Troy Duffy. <laughs> I, you know what? Good I luck. forgot Troy Duffy was here. I have to dumb my fucking shit down. To like, <laughs> Not, don't sound like a pretentious douchebag. How about that? A pretentious douchebag. Okay. Own, what the, Instead of a judgmental dickhead. Oh, at least he knew what it meant. At least he knew. Oh, this is a result of your English. Columbia I, I University film school education. No, it's not. Right I learned fucking film. Film it. They give that shit out. Oh, all right, let's continue with your review. Let's hear some more about. Uh, I'm saying there's a review up on the website for these kids. No, 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 no. Keep I going. Keep going. Hear the review live. I want to hear about what you have to say about this film. What I'm fucking saying is the movie feels like a mixtape of cover albums because it feels like a lot of Spielberg movies and stuff like that we've seen before. I wanted to get a little bit more freshness. I wanted to see a little more when J.J. Abrams, what he had to say. Because it does feel like when you watch this movie, it feels like a movie you do love, but you've seen a million times. And I wanted it to break free of that. And it never quite did. Does that make sense? See, now that is a non-douchebag thing to say. (laughs) That sounded like a movie review to me. Right there. The, the, the Bam. Re- the reason these kids watch Geekscape is they know me very much to not be a fucking douchebag. I can say right, behold well, once guys every like 30 me episodes. ready to, to knock your, <laughs> navigate you right back into place when you start going over the douche line. <laughs> Troy Duffy is your Jimmy Cricket. <laughs> you know what? Hey, Troy, Troy, Um, he's getting a little long in the tooth on camera guy. Can you come in here and shoot the show every weekend? Really, like, we really have a fucking back and forth? <laughs> we shouldn't give this guy a fucking mic. Really, seriously, we shouldn't have given him to him to begin with. Pretty soon you're going to hear him on. Hey, Troy, are you, a, great are you big Tarantino, girl. dude? Are you into the Tarantino stuff? Uh, yeah, I like Tarantino a lot. He's awesome. He's got this. Have you read about Django Unchained? This one he's doing about slavery. This next film is about like 1800s slavery. I've read the script. It's fucking a great script, but it is N word this, N word that, slavery this, Mandingo this, Mandingo that. Is it that. like a. Is it the, on slavery? It's, it's, a, it's a western about a slave who gets freed and then goes on a quest to find his wife, who was another slave who got is sold. Is this like somewhere. him branching off into doing some kind of real. Drum, it, and not one of his it, I think it's, things. I think or? it's his spaghetti western. I think it's going to be his well, spaghetti western. It could be western. cool. You, you always got to trust the guy. I mean, it's a, everybody the has awesome. their ups and downs, I guess. But uh, the script's that guy's awesome. Sick. So if the script's good and they've got Tarantino, it's probably going to be awesome. They're talking about Leonardo DiCaprio as the bad guy who's the owner of the biggest like slave plantation, like pleasure. He has like this pleasure house with like for rich slave owners to go and just fucking abuse everybody and have... You know their 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 way with everything, and they're talking about um, Leonardo DiCaprio playing him, and supposedly Will Smith was going to play the main slave, but it's a. Pr- I mean, <laughs> reading reading the script and knowing like a Family Guy like Will Smith playing yeah. him, I don't know. They're talking about supposedly the rumors on the website Idris Elba, from The Wire, who I would watch I eat a fucking box for money. You know, like he does something on the Nazis, which is kind of a mm-hmm. you know, kind of a controversial topic, right. especially. <laughs> you know. Today, are you beholden to any of these things? Beholden to the themes of the Nazis, Uh, and now he's doing a thing on slavery. I mean, I'm wondering if like he's just like, let's find the most controversial shit we can, right? And and then you know, this will drive them to the theater. Force huge stars to come and do it. 
You know? Yeah, after Diego Unchained, he's doing uh, an incest child pornography movie. Yeah, he's really? <laughs> 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 doing it. He's doing it. I'm looking forward to the movie because the script's of Catholic fucking priests. awesome. Well, get together and go on Boy Scout. Things. Listen, the movies you made are kind of. They have the, the, the loud, larger than life type characters, kind of comic book style, like vigilantism. Would you ever do a comic book movie? Because I'm watching the movie, I'm thinking Punisher. Yeah, well, I mean, like we that. did. We, we've well, there's a comic book out right now on Boondock. We, right, we've done the comic book, uh, like five or six episodes. Now they're going to make it a graphic novel. But it was like the reverse mm-hmm. of everything. Like most of the time, there's comic books out there for years, and then they'll do a movie on it, yeah. or a video game, and they'll do a movie on it. We did it kind of backwards, and did the movie first, and it just seemed to fit in the comic book world. So we did a comic book. But uh, yeah, I think that the reliance on uh, you know old comic books and stuff. It's like whenever you see a thing, a trailer on TV now, you're like, what comic are they going to do now? Right, right. But I mean, you could, I mean, your style could do one of those comic books that that wasn't necessarily a spandex comic book. Like, Road to Perdition was a comic book. Walking Dead was a comic book. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Even something like The Punisher, the dude's not a spandex wearing dude, but the themes seem to fishtail perfectly with the kind of shit that you work with. Yeah, more of a, yeah. Pulpy, something like pulpy and a little bit grittier. Yeah, you know what I mean, and you know they identify f- with a little bit. In these more, movies, though, yeah. you know, these Punisher movies, we, I'm, I'm like asking you, man. I, I need you to do this. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, like as the geek Punisher of all media. Too. I mean, there, there was like a lot of. I could tell where they were going in Punisher too, actually. Right. Uh, but man, you know. Yeah, they wouldn't let go of those yeah. like key. I don't know what the hell was happening. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes they get it right. Sometimes right. not so good. But you know. It, it, and a lot of times it's entertaining. As much as I like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll I keep looking at your Thor poster here. Yeah. Much as I, I'll, I'll, I'll make fun of it, I watched kid? it. It was an entertaining film. Right. You know, um, X Men's an entertaining movie. Yeah, yeah. My wife in particular liked Thor, and uh, I, you know, but I just said to myself, it's done the one thing that you have to give it some credit for, but in all other areas. Mm-hmm. I was completely fucking let down. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, it managed to be entertaining. Right, and sometimes all that's all you need. Bullshit going on, so I don't know. But I just think that ultimately, there's there's not enough people out there in the business that give give a chance to the guy that writes his own stuff, does his own thing. You no know, shit. Which is why for people like me, it's a lot harder. And I'm sure for people like Quentin Tarantino, he had he was lucky enough to ha- be at that time and have that hit movie. And and solidify himself in the business, get himself a fan base. I did the the same thing on my smaller scale. I got my own fan base at the right time, and now we can go. We're cap- we, we can go do right. other things, but uh, you know that that's t- more difficult these days. Right. You know. Right. For kids to actually make it. I love how Rocco came and like hung out on the side of the couch. He's just chilling out, like looking at hey the book guys, collection. Look at your host. Like this is my host and my younger brother, who you guys know. Professional wrestler Paul London. Really? You watch pro wrestling? Is this guy's a, a He was a pro wrestler for WWE for like seven years. Wow. Six, seven wow. years. Paul London. He was a he was tag champ, uh, cruiserweight champ. Those are his action figures over there. What like, is he doing now? He's he's still wrestling indies. Oh, so like he worked. So he worked his way up the ladder and, <laughs> and then he was fought like, and won all those fights. He goes like a, like he goes, a warrior. I think my brother stopped at the uh, <laughs> idea of taking roids and said, you know what? I don't want to die in my thirties. You should put him in the fucking movie. It's like some dude who can jump off a ladder <laughs> and like land <laughs> land on some people, do a couple flips, yeah, and land on wrestlers. some people. Paul, Paul, Paul honestly did the best sell in any match I've ever seen. And it, if you watch, go to like College Humor, so you can see his elimination from like a Royal Rumble. 
you'd think he's dead. When you watch it in replay, the dude clotheslines him onto the pavement, but it's really Paul just doing a backflip. And it's one of the best stunt cells I've ever seen in my life. And, uh, and it, I thought he was killed. I thought the, the dude took his head off and, oh, wow. and put him on the pavement and broke his back. But you look at it, and the dude just barely misses his head, and Paul's just doing a front flip, a backflip and selling it. That kind of athleticism is amazing. You don't find it in wrestling you, that much. You definitely don't you find really it too much in wrestling. You really don't. It goes, on, it goes entirely unnoticed. <laughs> what, uh, what genres would you want to tackle? Yeah. What you got here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what you got here? You got what the got first here? salient question of this yeah. entire interview. And now you're like, yeah, hit what he what said. Oh, no, like, like what you got? I, mean, I, yeah. I would love to do a Western as long as it was a cool one, you know? No, I like that old, you know, I like the old... The, the the Eastwood ones, mm-hmm. you know, good, bad, ugly, than the ugly. I like the Pale Rider, Unforgiven, mm-hmm. something more along those lines. Uh, I'd love to do a western. I'd love to do sort of a mafia film, and you could, I mean, I, I wouldn't really classify Boondocks a mafia film because they're all just, you know, fodder. The mafia's the victim. Fodder, sure. they're the victim. But from the other side, more of a real life-based mm-hmm. one. Being I'd love to them. do something like that, mm-hmm. like a crime, mm-hmm. whatever, crime genre thing. Romantic comedy? Yeah, I'd also love to do. Uh, I'd really, I'd like to do the right romantic comedy. Uh, it would probably be much more raunchy. What do you think? Enough. As good as it gets? Yeah, it's as, that it's has close to be enough. the best romantic because comedy it, ever. It, it, when the movie ends with the guy and the girl together, yeah. ha- uh, trying to be happy, mm-hmm. that's romantic comedy. Okay. Uh, you what know. about the um, Owen Harry Miss Sally? Isn't that like one of the top that, ones? That's one of the greatest yeah. okay. romantic comedies of all time. Yeah, but don't you think as good as it gets is better than when Harry met Sally? Yeah, apples and oranges. Apples and oranges, I think, on this one. They're both fucking good. You know what I mean? I thought Greg Kinnear killed it on that. Greg good Kinnear is amazing, but then he's also the only person who doesn't get an award nomination for that. <laughs> 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 yeah, that he crazy. didn't get nominated. No, he didn't. He didn't get yeah, nominated for that. No, that nominated. People he got nominated. He didn't get it. Okay. Helen okay. Hunt got it, and Jack. I just got remember it. he was the only one who didn't walk out the door yeah. with something that night because Jack right. Nicholson and Helen Hunt both won, and he was the one who really, to me, like was the glue of that movie. I know. Oh, and then tell me, you're the Harry Met Sally, which I thought was a stupid movie. Mm-hmm. Who got anything from that? You thought uh, that was stupid? Uh, you like that thing, the faking like orgasm and spit, shit? I like when he no. That was when like he spit the grape seats on the thing. Yeah, I know that was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. That was like the last of Carrie Fisher's good performances. I mean, her writing is is great and her stand up's great, but like that, I, you really uh, like that's just kind of a universal like everybody likes everybody that. Can agree on. It's really? like he's saying yeah. you don't like Bambi or something. Was... I mean, that's like saying you don't like blowjobs. Who doesn't like blowjobs? It's not quite like that. <laughs> I don't know what a blowjob feels like. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 audience, the audience is like, yeah, who doesn't like blowjobs? <laughs> yeah, we all love blow. Come on, guys. I mean, High five, blowjobs. I mean, Tootsie Blow Pups. I'm so alone right now. Mom, can I have a blowjob? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right now. Just edit that out. Right, dude. right now, Troy. They're like, that fucking documentary was right. <laughs> this guy's a cocksucker. Fucking knew it. I knew it. Fucking noob. Asshole. This is Jonathan. Give him an epic beatdown. Do your. <laughs> Do a genius bit down. Go back to talk, calling him a fucking steel-working cocksucker. Jean-Claude Van Damme does not watch our show. You know what? I wish Jean-Claude Van Damme was... Did I get into Jean-Claude Van Damme's voice? I fucking love... Man, you, you should do a fucking movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme. 
You know, that last one he did was actually pretty good. Oh, the JCVDs? The yeah. shit. And he's going to be the villain in Expendables 2? <laughs> he did Expendables a real too? good job. If he's the villain in Went Expendables 2, what do you head. think? Uh, he's going to be what? It's supposedly the villain in Expendables 2 is the rumor. I heard he wouldn't do the first one. Like because He was he, like, yeah. no, fuck he's you guys. Like, I wanted to maybe save the kids in South Central, not in some South American country. That was his excuse. So, so, so he gave the role to Lundgren. To do, that for, to, to do the first Could one. You Dolph, yeah, he gave it to Dolph. He gave the role to Dolph. Can't imagine Stallone being like, "All right, why don't you come back and join us on it?" So he is doing it. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess they made the deal. But could you imagine good. that meeting? Uh, Troy, listen, I like the Bundes thing. Maybe we do a film. Yeah, I love kick. this Bundes I do a couple thing. splits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We need to do one where I show my ass. Do you think there's a scene where maybe three girls, same time, me doing split, kick ass, mm. yeah? And then guy comes in the window, bang, bang. Yeah, what I do don't you think? Know, but I That's think, what the meeting I would sound like. I think it would be super cool for him to do that. I'll be in your romantic comedy. Hey, I heard you're doing Western. I could play a Western guy, like with the accent and everything. It's good. I could get lose the accent. What do you think? Either way. This is me without the accent. I did it with Street Fighter. <laughs> in Street Fighter, I lost the accent perfect. It's great. It's Troy's just sitting here watching us act like dickheads. I ain't got no Van Damme. Yeah. Got no Van Damme. Um, guys, the DVD, uh, Boondock Saints, and the Blu-ray, I guess, the blue, uh, comes out from Fox Home Entertainment this week. It is a 10-year anniversary. It's loaded with extras, of which I don't think we can name it. Like, it's got a commentary on it. Sell my DVD. What's it got? It's Do got, it, it's you got slave. The, you, call, if, you slave to the corporate. If, if you're beholden to this man, <laughs> if you're beholden to Troy Duffy. Um, I forbid all Boondock fans to buy the DVD. Holy shit! Yeah, okay. Because that forty thousand dollar party is gonna pay for itself. Yeah, because that forty thousand dollar party is fan base, just like you said. Everybody, get out there on June. What the fuck? When is it coming out? Oh shit! What is it? June tenth? Tuesday. Whatever Tuesday is. That's the fourteenth. Buy that yeah, goddamn DVD because Daddy needs a pool. Get it on Blu-ray because we ended up buying a forty thousand dollar party <laughs> for you guys. Uh, Recoup on that party finally. <laughs> Go out there, uh, pick up the uh, DVD this week, the Blu-ray. Pick up both. Fuck it. You know they come with like DVD, digital copy. Like who who does the digital copy? Who honestly does that digital copy? You know what I'm talking about when you get the Blu-ray and it comes with a digital copy? Who the fuck goes with that what's digital a, what's copy? What's a digital copy? What do you mean? It's like you put it on your phone or your... Oh, oh I have no idea. I bought a Blu-ray so I could look at it this big. Nah, come on, man. Uh, go out there and buy the DVD, the Blu-ray of Boondock Saints, 10th uh, anniversary. Uh, we're Geekscape. Go ahead and check us out on geekscape.net. If you're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, search for Geekscape. Um, you can definitely follow us on Twitter. Be a fan on, on Facebook. I'd definitely like to uh, thank Mr. Uh, Duffy and Rocco over here hey. for coming by. Thank Rocco, you. I could do a podcast about basketball with you. But when we're talking uh, like filmmaking, and I, and I got this loud personality talking over I know, you, I know I'm that. so I sorry, man. That. We no, got to we got to start a basketball conversation yeah. about. I mean, we we could talk basketball forever on this yeah. show. Yeah, just none of your audience is gonna. Understand yeah, this uh, this, what this audience would not be beholden to uh, that <laughs> podcast. Uh, Mom, can the, I have a basketball? Mom, <laughs> buy the DVD, guys. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. We're gonna be talking Green Lantern with another special guest. Oh. Man, another another superhero. It's like every other fucking weekend, a comic book movie comes out. You know what? Geekscapists can't complain. We've been waiting for this shit for years, so I'm not gonna start complaining now. You know what? The only thing I don't like about those trailers, other than their inherent gayness, (laughs) 
uh, is Green Lantern's light. No, yeah, when he goes, oh, I've man. got the, I've got the Batman voice. Green, Green Lantern's yeah. light. Batman voice. Funny thing is, Ryan, uh, Ryan um, Reynolds. Reynolds. Right. He's awesome. Yeah. Love him. No, the changeup in a completely heterosexual way. Right. <laughs> but uh. Green Lantern's right. right. Yeah, it's a yeah, bit buggy. Weird. You still got time to dub it. Warner Brothers like. He does do the Batman voice, and you're like, okay, who who grew the cojones? Because he got a Green Lantern ring. Okay, nobody ever. Um, see you guys next week. <laughs>